Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Uh, It's Monday, June 27th as we record this, but you're getting this Tuesday, June 28th. We have a lot to explain. I'm Liz Dolan. I am in Century City, not Santa Monica. I'm in Century City right now because I'm kind of uh, sneaking away at work and getting this (laughs) podcast done while I begin my last week of work here on my job. So don't tell anyone, but I'm fake working. Oh, look, and now see, you can even hear my, that's my video conference machine ringing. That's somebody from somewhere calling me. Uh, So, and Julie Dolan, you're also not in your normal place. You're in Brooklyn, New York. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm on duty, Liz. Urban Nana is back uh, in Brooklyn on duty. I am babysitting my granddaughter, Josephine. At this moment, it's nap time on the East Coast. Uh, and I am crouched in my son and daughter-in-law's bedroom. And I, this is it talking in this hushed tone. And at any minute, I could the whole thing could blow. Because if she okay. wakes up from her nap early, I got to bail on this podcast. But so there's... Uh, there's, a, I think, a degree of tension yes. that we normally don't have on the Tuesday show, Liz. So quite a bit of suspense. I feel like I am doing golf analysis at a, at a golf match, <laughs> okay. Liz. So we have to keep our voices down so Hushed. we don't disturb yes. any yep. of the players. Well, you yes. know, I this is my first official Tuesday show because last Tuesday when I was on the show, it was to announce that I was leaving my job and announced mm-hmm. that the Satellite Sisters were going to our summer hours, which meant that Leanne was taking the summer off from Satellite Sisters, and I would be stepping in on the Tuesday show. But you both chastised me for being a little bit too serious for the Tuesday show. So I'm going to need some coaching, Julie. I show. Yes, Liz. Well, I think, I think we have a range of topics I brought uh, to the Tuesday show that I think will sort of ease you into uh, the motto of of the Tuesday show, which is going deep on shallow top. Okay. Okay. So yes, I'm going to give you an urban Nana report and uh, Liz, I have two, uh, I have two words for you. Diaper cake. We're talking about it today. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Now my phone is ringing. See, this is the problem with trying to fake work. Uh, no, I'm not answering you people. I'm fake working. (laughs) <laughs> it's excellent. Excellent. The people, the people who were just on my video conference machine are now calling my actual phone. Apparently there's a meeting they want me to be in right now, but I'm kind of over it. Uh, okay. You know, as I said last week, no more VCs, emails, BCCs. Yeah. So, okay, Urban Nano Report. How's it going there in Brooklyn, New York? Well, it's great. It's a lovely, I, I have to, it's summertime in Brooklyn, which is um, better than winter, <laughs> wintertime in Brooklyn, Liz. So that's good. So uh, day one, we just headed right off to the park, uh, just for some fun in the park. And you know what I love about Brooklyn is just, it, it always amazes me. Things are always changing here. You know, lots of new shops have popped up. Since the last time I've been here, I don't know. You know, really? bakeries have opened, other hipster stores, and so as we ended, we ended, we we got to the park and we were at the swing set, Josephine and I, and we ran into another nice uh, grandmother granddaughter combination. That would be Sally and her 
granddaughter, Soji. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting name. And I said, Sally, oh, I like that name. Is it short for something? And she said, yes, it is. It's short for Sojourner. Oh. That's right. Like Sojourner. (laughs) Sojourner. Sojourner, like vacationer, yeah. Liz. Okay, that's what that's what they named their child. Yeah, like sojourner. Okay. Well, okay. That you okay. Know. I know. You're fine. You're fine with that, Liz, because I know you're from <laughs> the school of child rearing. That is whatever. If the kid wants to pour coke on their heads, that's fine. Well, because I know I've, I've. I just said, you know, Sojourner Truth was a very famous. African-American abolitionist here in the U.S. and a women's rights activist. So maybe it's that. Maybe. Oh, okay. Because, see, I wasn't, I didn't know that reference because I just assumed they were just trying to think of an interesting sounding name, like Umbrella, you know? Like, <laughs> like it just, you know, which is an interesting sounding word and yes. thought it would be nice for its child. Yes. But, Liz, I stand corrected, okay, if there is some historical figure yes. Yes. of great importance that I missed, okay? Now now I'm totally embarrassed. No, I didn't, no, I mean, it's okay. I thought, no, she was, you know, the uh, she's an African-American. She was born a slave. Now I'm on Wikipedia, right? So now I'm just telling okay, you so what you, I've just looked she, up. Okay. I mean, I knew about her. But, yes, she was an African-American abolitionist and women's rights ad- activist born into slavery in Ulster County, New York, but escaped with her infant daughter to freedom in 1826. Uh After going to court to recover her son, in 1828, she became the first black woman to win such a case against a white man. She gave herself the name Sojourner Truth, Julie. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, now I'm really embarrassed. Okay. I'm never, I'm never going to try to mock anything in Brooklyn again, Liz. Okay. But, okay, okay, that's but it. That's how would you have known report. that? Oh, she was one of 10 or 12 children. Okay. There's a, so you can Wikipedia, Julie. It's okay. Maybe yes. once again, maybe I'm already bringing the wrong sort of fact-checking style to the Tuesday show. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it might be. But hu- humiliating your co-host in the opening opening little discussion. Okay. It's where we're off. We're off to a good okay. start. All right. I'm- I re- really thought I had not heard of that. I thought they had just, that just was a nice sounding name, you know, sounding word. And that's why they gave that child that, you know, that I was thinking of a sojourn, you know, uh, or, you know, that, and maybe that's what they wished for the child. I didn't realize there was a historical reference. Okay. 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 (laughs) Well, if I see Sally at the park, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to her, the grandmother, and I'm going to find out if indeed they named the child after, this African-American woman, or indeed, if they just made the name up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do some follow-up on that. Again, I, I'm going to do some follow-up. Not in the spirit of the Tuesday show, follow-up. But not at all, Liz. Not okay. at all. Not at all. So okay. you're, you're going to have to go shallower now, like way shallower. Okay. I am going shallower, Liz, <laughs> because um, uh, well, we're going to talk about showers, baby showers, Liz. Okay. How, how do you, I, I felt like this would be a topic that is well out of your comfort zone. Is that correct? That is correct. I mean, not that I don't enjoy a nice shower, but you know, I do not have children. I'm, you know, I'm in my late fifties now. I've, the, the baby showers I've been to recently, let's just say few and far between, 
you know, okay. Um, okay. the, cause I like, you have daughters-in-law who are having children now. So, right. so you're like up on baby shower stuff, but I don't have daughters or daughters-in-law. I really, really, Liz, I thought I was up on baby showers. I've been to a number of them. I enjoy them. I think, once again, it's a generally a gathering of women. Yes. Uh, it's to celebrate, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the impending birth of a child. I mean, I know there's loot involved. I, I, I get that part of it, but I prefer to, to, you know, to think about the pure, the purer essence of a baby shower, um, as I do. I feel the same way about wedding showers. Yes. So my, my, my good friend Leslie is expecting her first grandchild in August, and she is hosting a baby shower. And uh, I was visiting with her this weekend, and uh, she was working on the decorations for her baby shower. And she said, well, of course, I'm going to make a diaper cake shower. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, and she started to talk about how you're, like, rolling the diapers up. But I thought it was an edible item i thought you know because it because of the word cake that's what through <laughs> i can understand but that indeed, i would have assumed but indeed now you can google diaper cakes okay, okay and, that's what i'm uh, doing now yeah you, so and i'm sure these many of our podcasts are, oh i see here okay but you see what this is you see what this is so there's no baking involved there's yeah. no eating involved is a decorative way to present a large amount of diapers, which is always a very nice baby shower gift to the uh, to the mother to be. And uh, you can look at this. And this apparently, my friend Leslie saw this saw this online, and she was just enchanted with the idea of making a diaper cake. So, Liz, we spent. A- Good part of the weekend watching, we watched 20 different videos of diaper cakes, how to make diaper cakes. And people have really gone to town, first of all, on these videos. They have lovely background music. They have good graphics. They show you exactly how many diapers you need, rubber bands, ribbons, other things that you can add to really jazz up your diaper cake lips. Okay. So, uh, so can you imagine, just if you have not seen a diaper cake, but I imagine many, in the Satellite Sisterhood, know what a diaper cake is. And I'm really sort of like Sojourner Liz. I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't know what a diaper cake was, okay? Uh, But I didn't. But uh, so we we were, I was helping her do the prep work. Because what you're doing is you're rolling up the diapers into like little tubes. And then you're stacking the tubes up around some kind of ring. You can use a diaper genie as, as, as a ring to hold those up. And you're, and you make three tiers of these rolled up diapers. So it looks like a three tiered cake. And then you can decorate it by adding extra little like receiving blankets or teething rings. You can put some flowers on top, maybe a tent. Teddy bear, uh, I, you know, whatever you want. Um, I am, I I'm, I'm, I'm at BuzzFeed right now, Julie, because, of course, they have 19 stunning, stunning diaper cakes anyone can make. And I just want to yeah. tell you, BuzzFeed, not anyone can make these, okay? Because I'm, I'm no, I, at the first six, I couldn't make any of these. There is no chance. We have your fondant-style diaper cake, your perfect princess cake that comes in a tutu. You have a gorgeous giraffe-printed cake with pinwheels. So, so wow. I'm, oh. you know, I think you were right in guessing that I was not familiar with the art of the diaper <laughs> cake. But I feel better that you also weren't familiar with this. 
Uh, no, I know. I, I mean, I, I had no idea what this was. So, uh, so this uh, showers in a couple of weeks, uh, and we did all the prep work, which we, you know, I took my friend. Who, you know, this is her first grandchild. So we went, you know, we went to the grocery store. We bought the diapers, and again, for this generation, for our generation, there has been such a proliferation of you know baby products and baby, you know, and then you know you just don't go buy baby diapers, you know, disposable diapers like we did in our day. I mean, now they're like, you know, eight or nine different brands. They're eight or nine different sizes. You know, they're for daytime diapers, overnight diapers. You know, there's eco diaper. You know, they've got it all. It's a full range. So so that was that was sort of stymied my friend Leslie. She, you know, she really didn't know which way to go with her diaper choice. Again, this is just for the diaper cake. I kept saying, she's going to go, the baby's going to go through these diapers. Don't worry. You know, don't worry. She's like, well, I don't know. It seems like a lot to buy a hundred diapers. I was like, do the math on it. You know, yes. you change the baby. You change the baby's diaper like the newborn eight, eight to nine to 10 times a day. Well, okay, that's you're why I go always through thought, hundred diapers. Yeah. I always thought diapers were yeah. a very lame baby shower gift. Because of that, it's like giving someone paper towels. Like, you're just going to go through those and throw them away. So that's, I, but, you know, but to make But if you got a cake, diaper cake, Liz. Never this would have dawned on me, Julie. I, Liz, I, I'm just telling you because the next thing, who knows, you may get invited to a baby shower. And you could really, you could really surprise people, Liz, <laughs> if you showed up with a diaper cake for the mother-to-be. That would be a surprise, all right. Yep, that is not what people expect me to show up uh, at a baby shower with. But, okay, here we are, Julie, Tuesday morning, and I've already learned something new. So you've learned something new, and I've learned something new, and it's, you know, it's a Tuesday show. I think that's good. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so so last Tuesday, when I was on with you and Leanne, that's when I made my big announcement that... Uh, this week is my last week of work. I am leaving my job, uh, taking the summer off, and then come September, who knows? But I just needed to, like, regroup, you know, just, just like, rest, regroup, uh, rejuvenate. So thank you very much for everyone on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group um, who has posted very encouraging messages. Isn't it nice to read, Julie? Everyone is so happy for me. Liz, they are really, really happy for you. Like many of us, they, I, they, I think they were a little worried about all of the travel and all the work that you're doing. I, th- I also feel like you've inspired a number of people to make changes in their own life. Yeah. You know, that the, you were you really the inspiration, sort of the the impetus for, for people to make other big life choices as well. So that is, uh, that's. Yes. So, very, you know. Very good. So Betsy posted uh, in that vein, uh, Betsy said, I've inspired her to change her work schedule. She runs her own practice and she wants to cut back her own time, have her employees handle more of the things that she used to do, do more things that she loves and is inspired by and interested in. So congratulations, Betsy. That sounds great. I do not want to be responsible for that. (laughs) My whole thing here is to not be responsible for anyone or anything. So, but I'm I'm happy. So when their life, when people's lives go south, Liz, and they start writing you nasty, (laughs) nasty posts, like it's all your fault, Liz. No, I don't think so. And knowing Betsy, 
I, I actually know. I, I, I think these will all be very positive um, uh, changes in yeah. her life as well. Yeah. yeah, so there were some suggestions about what I should name my summer experiment, I guess, because, you know, it's all about marketing, as we know, marketing and branding. Like what I should call my summer uh, was something that people out there were thinking about. So there were a couple of good ones that I wanted to share. Um, Susan invented, it's just hashtag no biz for Liz summer 68. <laughs> Which I like. I, I like that, Liz. I like that. It's hashtag no hashtag. biz for Liz. That would be great. And, and, it, and it, I, you know, we love a little rhyme in there. That's good. No biz for Liz. I like it. And then, so then I started to think, yeah, every day I could post a photo of something and then hashtag it, no biz for Liz. And then I thought, stop that. Now you're just making it into work. Don't do that. So uh, I like to know Biz for Liz, summer 2016. Carla had a couple of good ones. One is just MM, Mission Me. Another one was SOR, Summer of Rejuvenation, Julie. Oh, I like that. It's very positive, Liz. Yep. I like that one. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. um, so anyway, I'm the, so by July 1, I think I will, you know, by this Friday, make a decision about my theme for the summer, which I will be able to share online and, uh, and on the show. But other suggestions that I've gotten, uh, well, first, uh, Andrea, or was it Andre? Anyway, she wrote that she moved to Bend a couple years ago, partly based on how positive we were, we always were when we talked about our, our vacations in Bend. So she's on a perma vacation now in Bend, Oregon, Julie, and she's enjoying it. Well, the best parks and rec department ever, which I agree is true. I, I, it is a whole town devoted to recreation. I mean, that they, people talk about just recreating there. They, you know, they really believe in it. So, and, and that's a very nice lifestyle Liz. Yes. So Janelle uh, said for Operation Sea Turtle 2, which was my previous working title for the summer, which we agreed is not the best working title. Um, No, I don't don't think it's going to provide you enough inspiration, although I do like the animal motif. And if you could work an animal motif into your summer theme, Mm -hmm. I think that would be even more adorable. Mm -hmm. Operation Land Tortoise? No, you'd have to pick something that was present in either the high desert of Central Oregon or Santa Monica, California. So I'm not foxes, sure. Foxes are, Liz, oh. foxes are very big in Brooklyn. So I think you should look at foxes as, uh, as, uh, what do you, as, what do you mean, mean they're big in Brooklyn? People have pet foxes? I, I mean, it's very big in the, like, under three crowd. There's oh. a lot of, uh, you see a lot of, like, little fox T-shirts, fox diapers, oh. fox toys. Yeah, so they're big. Uh, so uh, I think you, you might, I mean, I know they got fox, somewhere they have foxes in Bend. So that might be, that, I, again, I like the animal motif. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because the company I am leaving is named Fox. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes, it, it is. Yes. So, um, Okay. Maybe I can carry the fox forward. Anyway, so Janelle posted a beautiful picture of Elk Lake, which is not far from Bend, Oregon, and just wanted to let me know that's a lovely place to go and rent kayaks and hang out. And it's true, Janelle. I've been there. I love that. Um, Carrie said she thought it was a good time just to catch up on classic movies. 
that, you know, things that I haven't seen ever. Just get the popcorn, sit around, watch some classic movies. Uh, I enjoy that. Um, Pam suggested I read this book, which I've never read. And actually, Pam, I had never heard of this. So thank you for the recommendation. David Brooks, who, you know, is a columnist at the New York Times, wrote a book called The Road to Character. Have you ever read that, Julie? Someone recommended that to me this weekend, Liz. It is going to be the next book I read. I'm very interested in reading this book. Yes, it's got great reviews. It's supposed to be very inspirational. And uh, one of the themes of the book, as I understand it, is just the importance of being present, you know, uh, and how... How you know you can really add more meaning to your life by by really working on being present. So yeah. uh, I so I think that's a, a good book recommendation for a lot of us. Yeah, because she said what he writes about in this book, he contrasts what he calls resume virtues with eulogy virtues. And I mean, nobody wants to think about their eulogy, but you kind of get the contrast, right? Like things, exactly. that, things that look good on your resume at the end of your life, who cares? You know, it's the things that you would care about that people might say about you in your eulogy that really do matter. And, you know, it reminded me, I had uh, uh, breakfast a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine who works at Facebook in New York, and she was here in L.A. for business, but she was saying that Sheryl Sandberg you know, who we love here at Satellite Sisters, the chief operating officer of Facebook, who tragically lost her husband in a freak accident last year, that Cheryl, and she's been writing about this a lot lately, had been in the office talking to all of the employees, and she's very much into this whole idea of do what's important to you. But one of the things she said that really stuck into the mind, stuck in the mind of my friend Sophie, she said, Facebook is not going to be on your tombstone, which I thought, yeah. And like insert company name here, right? Not on your tombstone. So, okay. Without getting, that seems like, so David Brooks, I might, uh, you know, maybe that's a good audio book for my drive up to Oregon or I like that. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a sit under the tree in the backyard kind of book, but, um, I will work on that. And Cheryl, it was very inspirational because she posted a note saying she did this a few years ago, managed to retire, step away. And then she posted this gorgeous photo of her getaway house, which is clearly on a lake because there are a couple of kayaks in front of it and a little dock. So Cheryl looks like she got it figured out. So I have invited myself to Cheryl's at some point because I'm thinking whatever she has going on uh, appears to be working for her. So um, those were just some... Keep the suggestions coming. I'm really, oh, I know. And one really important thing, Kathleen, and I raised this issue last year about the whole social media aspect of always being plugged in and always being tethered. Kathleen said, delete Facebook from your phone. And I think I might do that, Julie. I think... Okay. I think I might do that because it's one thing to have your phone with you for an emergency or something. But if you have your phone with you and you, and you start like checking Facebook or checking Twitter, like, no, talk about being present. You're never going to be present in the world if you're constantly staring at your phone. And what you're staring at on your phone is basically your social media feed, right? 
Right. I think you should stare at trees this summer, Liz. I think that would be a good thing for you. Okay. So we have trees. We have foxes. That's good. Um, all right. So in preparation uh, for this, uh, for my two months off, uh, I did three major things last week. Uh, I took my car to be serviced because I'm driving up to Oregon on Saturday. Uh, I took my dog to be serviced. Because, as I've mentioned, Ferris is a little bit um, dazed and confused. You know, he just seems, he seems a little bit out of it. And so I wanted to see if there was anything I could do yeah. for that. Well, he's a, can- he's a cancer. Cancer survivor, yes. Cancer survivor. Well, he, he's a cancer survivor, Liz. So, you know, we we're cutting him a break. Yes. And uh, yeah. So I took him to see the vet last week. And the vet's diagnosis, Julie, was this. He's an old dog. <laughs> and I realized, he said, have you ever had an old dog before? I said, nope, nope, never had a dog oh, before. That's, well, that's no. a good diagnosis, it seems to me. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have- No, he said, he said old dogs do things like, you know, they get lost under the dining room table. Or they go into the laundry room and just stare at the wall for an hour. I said, that's exactly what Ferris is doing. He's like, yeah, well, that's what you have here. You have an old dog. <laughs> so I guess I'm well, happy he lived long enough to be an old dog. Yeah, that's, that's excellent, Liz. I think you get him in the car, take him to Bend, park him in front of a tree. Yeah. And he, 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 you, and, you and Ferris can just stare at the tree, Liz. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> okay, so the third thing I did last week was go see my financial planner. Because, you know, oh. when, you, when you quit your job, uh, you know, you're kind of going out on a limb financially. And I wanted to just get the dose of reality, how far out on the limb I was. <laughs> you know? How's it look? How, how shaky, <laughs> shaky is the limb? Liz? Well, here's the problem with the limb, Julie. So, you know, basically, in order for your financial planner to tell you what kind of shape you're in, really, they need to know when you're going to die. And because they don't know what year you're going to die, they just have to do projections based on if you live this long, this long, or this long. And that has a radical impact on how far you can get on the money you have saved. So, so they, she hands me this sheet where they project out over many years, like how long you're going to, if you lived this long, your money would last this long, and you spend X amount a year. So, but they hand me this sheet, and the way they organize the sheet, the out years, like say, you know, 2050, 2060, they start at the furthest out years, and then they move back towards the further in years, which I think is supposed to make you feel good about living a long time. The problem is on the other side of the column, when they're, because they start with the way out years, the first thing you see on this sheet of paper or these words, assets exhausted, Julie. <laughs> assets <laughs> exhausted. Like the first four entries really? oh, on the sheet were assets exhausted. And then I was like, what? What have I been? What? what, what? And then I realized like the, the closer in years were at the bottom. I'm, so here's what I said. I was like, okay, I am not a financial planner. I am a marketer. Let me give you some marketing advice. With all of your future clients, I suggest 
you do the order in the opposite way. I think what you don't want is for your clients to see the words assets exhausted first. <laughs> I think if you put that at the bottom of the page and the good news at the top of the page, we're all going to be a lot happier. So I may just have radically transformed uh, the financial planning industry, Julie. And I know it's just spin control, but it was important to me. <laughs> yeah. So I think so. I think so. But, but because so do you have a year that you're good? What year are you good for, Liz? I mean, how far out can you go? Well, it, it depends how much you spend every year, too. So that's, sure. what, that's where I really needed the dose of reality. You know, the... Uh, um, the, the output, the outlay, I guess it is, uh, impacts how long it goes. But, you know, I can make it for, let's say, I can make it through the end of the summer without, no problem at all. <laughs> the, okay, I, that's I think, good, Liz. I think I'll be okay. So, because access exhausted, that's pretty much where you don't want to get, right? Oh, so now, I would say so. <laughs> now I have a new goal. Um, okay, speaking of assets being exhausted, I think... I think we're going to have to talk about Brexit, Julie. I I know I know, a, Liz. I know it's a Tuesday, but I asked on the show on Sunday if people felt like it was okay that we talked about it on a Tuesday show, and on Facebook they said it was okay. So, are you okay with talking about Brexit? I'm okay, Liz. It's because it, it's just such an incredible situation. What's your What's your take on it, Liz? Well, uh, were Were you shocked? I was completely shocked, Liz. I was actually watching BBC News, and to see those very dry, stuffy BBC, you know, television uh, uh, news readers trying to like just not freak out on the TV exactly. set, you know, as the results came in and the you know the the vote tally switched from Remain uh, to Leave, and that the Leave total vote just kept going. Up and up and up. I, I mean, they, they were they were gobsmacked, Liz. That's the only word for it. They yeah. was just, uh, it was a shockeroo. I mean, it was it was a dare, no doubt. Uh, it was a political bet by you know Prime Minister David Cameron, uh, who just was trying to silence some of the backbenchers who were you know grousing about about the EU, and they and he said, okay, we'll have a referendum. You know, he said that out in 2013. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, thinking probably that 2016 would never come, you know, that he, he didn't really have to worry about it. But lo and behold, it came, Liz. Yeah. And, uh, yes, it did. Yeah. I, you know, I too was watching the news. Uh, and then, and I was just watching like CNN or something. And then as it got more and more serious, like, oh my God, this could really go the other way. That's when I turned over to BBC and was watching those same like super serious newsreaders basically losing it because this surprised them so much. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they had one political they had one political anal- analyst there from some uh, British university with like the worst hair and teeth I have ever seen, and he kept saying, "Well, well, it's a little too early to make a projection. We we really can't project." And it was just such you could see from the graphics, it was like a you know, it was like clearly the Leave vote was winning, <laughs> and this poor little you know political science professor uh, was just he was. In, there was smoke coming out of his ears. He just couldn't believe. He was apoplectic about it. Yes. Well, I was. I was. 
surprised but not shocked, I would say, because I listened to a podcast called 538 Elections. And 538 Elections is the podcast by that whiz kid, Nate Silver, who knows everything about polling everywhere in the world. And in the 2008 election in the United States, he was the one that got every single part of the United States exactly right. So now 538 is actually owned by ESPN because it's all about sports stats. But they do do a weekly kind of fun, lively podcast about polling, Julie, if you can imagine such a thing. Liz. No, I can't, Liz. (laughs) And only you. I mean, because you're not getting enough on C-SPAN. Now you have to listen to... Uh, polling podcasts. Okay, Liz. So, so the pod- what did he have to say? Well, earlier in the week, he said, you know, the uh, leave column is growing. People seem to be just dismissing this as a possibility, but I wouldn't recommend that. He said, I'm not projecting that leave will win, but given the right odds, I would take that bet. And sure enough, once again, but it's not like he fully committed to leave. He's like, I think people are not really, they're kind of in denial about how people really feel, which I think is what we have seen now. But, I, I, but I do have a recommendation for Britain, Julie, given... And what is it? Given okay. their decision. Oh, one more thing. A friend of mine we've talked about it over the weekend, and uh, she said, here's the thing. Like, if we make a terrible, terrible decision in a presidential election... That only costs us four years, because four years right. later, four years later, we can throw the bum out. But something like this, a terrible, terrible economic decision, you can't change your mind. You don't get to like go back four years from now and say, "Oh, hello, EU. Yeah, we're back. Hello, hello, back from back from vacation, back from our sojourn. We're we're back. You can't you can't just change your mind. So. Yeah. So here's what I would say to the United Kingdom. Uh, If you've decided you don't want to be part of the global economy, which is clearly what you decided, and you really don't like your democratically elected leaders, which appears to be the case, and you really don't know what the EU is or why you joined in the first place, um, which, you know, the results after the referendum appear to indicate that, I say you should go all in on this. Go all in on being the magic kingdom. Right? Just, you're not part of the rest of the world anymore. You're just, you're just going to be the kingdom. You have, you have Prince William now. You have William and Kate. You don't need democratically elected leaders who you don't like. Just put William and Kate in charge. You've got Prince George. You've got, what's the princess's name? Charlotte? Uh Right? Yeah. You've got Prince George and Prince Charlotte. You can send Prince Harry wherever you want to go in the world as your foreign minister or minister of the exchequer or something or other. I I say, like, now you just want to be like a fake kingdom full of castles and princes and princesses because you've pretty much ruled out any other thing. So this is what I would recommend. Just embrace uh, embrace your magic kingdom. What do you think about that as a... I, mean, I think it's there's a little harsh undertone there, Liz, <laughs> that they might not appreciate. But I think it's possible. I mean, they could become a lovely country like Bhutan, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, it's the happiness yeah. castle. Uh, happy, it's supposed to be the happy 
happiness capital of the world. I mean, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do think uh, that uh, we should consider them um, as a for statehood in the United States, Liz. I mean, may, maybe it was just the European Union they didn't like. Maybe they, just, maybe they just haven't found the right org- right organization, and perhaps they would like to be uh, be a, a state. state. 51st state. What do you think about that? I mean, Scotland's not hanging around. They're going to split off as well as I think one possible benefit is that Ireland may be uh, united now because I think Northern Ireland is not happy. They were, they were distraught about the vote, uh, the Brexit vote. Mm -hmm. So they may, uh, they may unite with uh, their better half in the, in the South. So that could be good. All right. Um, Now keep in mind, Liz, just for Small historic perspective. I did think that Great Britain was a real spoil sport when they didn't convert to um, when they didn't go uh, to the, the EU currency. You know, right. I, when they did not adopt the euro, uh, I thought that was like, you know, what's up with that? Okay, you're in the U- European Union. You should, you know, stop pretending that you're so independent and just, you know, go along with the euro. Well. And people really, they got really criticized for that. Uh, and, but now that seems like kind of a smart decision, uh, mm-hmm. that they didn't, uh, that they didn't uh, go along with the euro, uh, because the euro isn't, is in such terrible financial shape. So, so perhaps with time, this decision may, may seem good. I do mm-hmm. think it's, you know, I know a lot of people want to dismiss everyone that voted for the leave vote as just idiots. Uh, and, that may be true. I don't know, Liz. I, I doubt it, though. I doubt it. No, I'm but sure they're I, not I, idiots. No, I don't. Th- I think that I think that the you know status quo, the establishment, definitely underestimated uh, under people's discontent uh, with you know with the uh, European Union. Uh, I think the European Union could have done more to keep Great Britain happier. Okay, I, I think that they. They didn't, you know, try as hard as they could, um, and but or but maybe it's sort of like Outlander, Liz. I know you don't watch oh, Outlander, but okay, good. But, well, but, I'm glad we can bring you back Outlander, Julie. This is good. But you're, you. you know, you're, it's time travel, Liz. That's the way. But I think that's one other possible explanation for what happened. That we're going to, like, we're going to wake up tomorrow. You're. You're going to turn on your, you know, you're going to turn on your phone or your laptop and you're going to see we've time traveled and that's the vote it, uh, was, uh, was somehow uh, created null and void. Okay. So I wouldn't worry about it too much because there's always time travel lists. Okay. okay. So you think Jamie in his kilt can somehow go back and we get a do over on the Claire. referendum? It's all about Claire. Let's, uh, oh, Claire. Jamie doesn't Claire. time okay. Okay, it's just Claire that does the time traveling. See, I don't know. But Thank I you believe, for clarifying that. I know, I know. But I believe that, that that may be, you know, if we cannot nab Great Britain as our 51st state, then I think we have to, you know, go with the time travel. Uh-huh. Uh, just hope that that can uh, kick in at some point and we can reverse this decision. Yeah. I, I think the 51st state idea is the best one I've heard so far. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's precedent. We have Hawaii, so we have yeah. we do have a state a state in the union that is not you know is not contiguous. So yes. uh, so you know as is Alaska. I, I understand right. that. So and we're I, on the know, verge of bailing out Puerto Rico. So there's that. Yes. That, so that's fine. We you know we could use some castles and some kings and queens, Liz. It would be a nice addition <laughs> to uh, to the United States. Okay. Let's think about it. All right. 
See, we, we found the bright side to Brexit, Julie. And yes. Okay. That, that's the way we roll on a Tuesday. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, lots more will develop there. It is just fascinating that, you know, that you're just watching something unfold on TV that is really, really major and really, really surprising people and has really long-term implications for people all over the world. The fact that it could sneak up on you, you just don't expect that anymore. Right. Um, okay. Let me ask you one more international question, and then I know we got to go because you're at work. You're at work, and I'm at work. It's nap time, Liz. I'm supposed to do all these. No, I have. I just have, you know, you, you know, nap time is precious. That is like you got to, like, do other things while the baby's napping. So, okay, go okay. ahead. So I thought of you this weekend when I heard that uh, Maria Sharapova, uh, you know, who was recently banned for two years from competing in tennis, uh, will be going to Harvard Business School, Julie. Uh, she, so she, got, she was accepted to Harvard she Business She has oh. enrolled at Harvard uh, while she's on this doping ban. Now, I've read, I think she might just be taking some courses at Harvard Business School, not enrolled for the full two years of her doping ban. Um, but anyway, I just, you, people may or may not know, you were on the admissions committee of several very high-end business schools, uh, you know, at the Anderson School at UCLA, the Graduate School of Business at Stanford. You have read applications of people coming into these business schools, and you have ruled on some of these people. So I was just wondering, would you, if you were on the admissions committee at Harvard Business School, would you let Maria Sharapova in? Okay, Liz. Well, this is good because I haven't done business school admissions in a long time. So that I, you know, I, it's, I can give you an unofficial answer because uh, I, I'm, I'm not official. I know it's not binding. It's not binding. And I, I'm like Brexit. I'm like Brexit. And I'm no longer, it's not, it's not like Brexit. And I am no longer an expert of any kind. So, so as long as we've established my ignorance and my lack of credentials on this yeah. topic, I, I'll weigh in. Okay. Because it's too safe. Yeah. Yeah. It goes Tuesday. Yes, her application would get a lot of attention as it comes across, you know, at any school, uh-huh. you know, that because she is highly accomplished, both as a tennis star, but she's also been a very successful businesswoman, Liz, that she has a whole line of candy, and I think she has a clothing line. So she is, she is involved. She's an entrepreneur involved in, I think, a variety of businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I agree with all she, that. Yeah. But, so, so but the impact has, of the doping ban. Yeah. So, see, this is so you're where, getting I an mean, application from someone now who has the, the equivalent. Say you were a stockbroker and had been banned from trading stocks for two years for cheating. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so there generally. The, there was some kind of moral clause, you know, uh, that you would like to think. A lot of business schools attempt to teach ethics, you know, they, that's included <laughs> they do. in a lot of the case studies. Yes, they attempt to teach that, Liz, that these are, you know, real topics. So I think she would be a very controversial um, candidate. And that one that, you know, that, uh, again, in my personal opinion, that would be, that would be, I, you know, that would really be a stopper for me, you know, that she was banned. Now, she's appealing the ban, you know, is she innocent until proven guilty? Well, I think she's been proven guilty yes. of, you know, of 
fraudulent behavior, you know, that mm-hmm. she was taking this, you know, and I just, I just don't think you need Maria Sharapova in your business school. Okay. That's what I would, that's what I would argue that there's going to be someone else, uh, uh, equally as talented, uh, equally as, you know, great of an entrepreneur and as accomplished, you know, maybe not in tennis, but believe me in other fields that, that hasn't been banned, been given a world, you know, a ban by a worldwide body. Yes. So that's yeah. what I'd say. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I think I, it's I mean, very, I bet- very interesting and challenging. Now, as I'm reading this online, you know, it appears that she's just enrolled in a short course. So she's not really, okay, so. you know, not really enrolled in the school for the full two years. But it did make me think about when they look at people's records when they're applying, there aren't that many people that would have any kind of a ban or a crime or anything like that on their record applying to business school. One assumes that they're not, they're not in the pool necessarily. So I don't know. Clearly she is a very skilled businesswoman. There is no doubt about that. And but a lot of, a lot of, you know, I mean, but she has, that's a lot of crooks are too, you know, and for the rest of her life, for the rest of her life, when they describe her as, you know, and introduce her, they will say she also attended Harvard University, you know, yeah. no, she wasn't enrolled, but she was in one of their executive development programs. So she will use the reputation and credibility of Harvard University to in, to advance her own reputation and credibility. So again, that's why I would argue that you could pass on Maria Sharapova. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Just I'd be interested to hear our listeners' point of view on that because I could go either way on this. You know, it was just it was fascinating to me if the admissions committee actually had to like convene some kind of emergency meeting to figure out. What do we do? And so it is kind of the sports equivalent of a crime, you know? Yeah. That's, you don't get banned for two years for just, you know, being unpleasant. You know, that's a very harsh ban. No. So. No, she was, it's fraudulent. I mean, that, you know, she's, she contends that she didn't know that it was a banned substance. No, she can't. She was, yeah, yeah. So the, uh, okay. Um, All right. So. Are we, so we're not getting an Outlander report this week, right, Julie? Because I know no, you've no, been we're not. very busy with <laughs> other responsibilities. And, of course, I've right. never seen the show in my whole life. So, sorry. Right, but next week, Liz, double episode. We're going to have a double recap of the last two weeks. Okay. So uh, you have some time to do some research. Okay. I don't even you know, know what channel okay. it's on. What? What? It's on Stars. Stars. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. okay. So, you, yes, get on it. <laughs> Get on it, Liz. Or you can, or you can just Wikipedia it, Liz, because you seem to stump, you know, you seem to outstump me at the beginning of this podcast. So, so whatever method you have, uh, but you need to, you need to to come prepared next Tuesday where we're going, we're going to do some outlander talking. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'll figure out how to get myself prepped for that. Just the, some research into time travel, that kind of thing. Um, all right. Well, good luck the rest of your week in, um, yeah. in Brooklyn. Where are you actually going to be for the 4th of July? You're going to be home in Texas? I'm back in Texas, Liz. Yes. Uh, and I hope to participate in our little neighborhood parade. We have a neighborhood parade that goes right by our house. So uh, lots of kids on bicycles and dogs. Sounds fun. That does sound fun. You know, the Ed, Bend, Oregon has the annual pet parade on the 4th of July, yes. which Ferris has been a regular in. I'm not sure he could do the whole course this year, though. 
So we might just have to like do a drive-by on the, the pet parade. Uh, but okay. So um, have a good week this week. Enjoy the rest Please of your day. This is all right. Well, and can I just up, say my last my last day of work is Thursday. Like I have to lower my voice now because I'm in my it's Thursday. It's kind of Thursday. shocking. Okay, Liz, finish strong. Finish strong, okay? <laughs> finish strong. Don't take any of the pencils. Don't take any. <laughs> Don't get banned for anything right here. No, the... no, just leave clean, Liz. Live, finish strong, leave clean. That's what, I, that's what I want you to do, and drive safely to bed. <laughs> All right, that's what I'll do. Thanks, Julie. We are the Satellite Sisters. Uh, you can always find all of our shows at SatelliteSisters.com, at iTunes, at Stitcher. If you have a chance to review us on iTunes, that's really helpful for us. Just either rate us with stars, write a review, whatever you have time to do, uh, that would be great. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>